Welcome to the Two Coach Bennett's Talking Podcast. I'm Coach Tammy Bennett. And I'm Coach Chris Bennett. This is where we talk about anything we want. Yeah, anything we want. Like movies or music. Running, not running. Life and what gets us excited. Fantasy and sci-fi books. No, we're not talking about that. All right, well, we'll talk about everything but fantasy and sci-fi books. So sit back or keep moving because it's time to start talking. On this episode of Two Coach Bennett's Talking, we learn about the power of two words. Let's see. We hear about when both Coach Bennett's wanted to become coaches. They've got their petty grievances, floating fancies, and so much more. Let's start. Hey, Coach. Coach, I'm I'm so, so totally excited for this episode. That makes two of us. Yeah. And it's not because this is being recorded so late and then the editing has to happen so late. So our backs are against the wall. So excited to do an episode with you. Okay. All right. Sounds like you're super excited too. So what's what's up? How, are you, how have you been? What's been going on? What have you been up to for the last week? Since the last time, obviously, the audience connected with us. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about it a little bit in last week's podcast, but we were both at the Wildwood Running Naperville Clinic, two-day clinic, first day for coaches of female runners, female high school runners, and the second day for female high school runners. And it was a great time. Why was it a great time? Tell me a little bit about that, because I'm interested. Even though I was there, I'd love to know your perspective. What was so good about it? I think anytime you are surrounded by like-minded people that are all on the same page with the same mission, with the same desire to help and support, I think obviously it's a good time. And, And that's what Wildwood was. It was everybody there was there because they wanted to promote and help and support, uh, female high school running. Let me ask you this from your perspective, because you spoke on both days, was was your objective different considering who your audience was? Because obviously on day one, you're talking to the coaches. And on day two, you're actually talking to the athletes. Like, did things change? Did your motivations change? Were, were there certain things you're like, I got to get this through for the coach and something different for the athlete? I think... Uh, the approach might be a little bit different, but the end result is totally the same. The end result being you want these kids to run at, for as long as they want to in their lives. They, I want them to enjoy running forever. And I think that that can be done if you're teaching the coaches how to coach and how to keep it fun and how to keep it supportive. It's it's a top-down thing. Uh, I also wish, and I, I pitched this idea to the uh, Robin and Marie from Wildwood, I wish there was a parent day also, because I think if you can teach coaches and teach parents and teach the runners on how to approach the sport, I think you could make incredible changes. Um, but yeah, but as it was, yeah, I had a little bit of a, a different approach when I was talking to coaches versus athletes, but with that same end goal in mind, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that. Well, let me just say this. I think it's, it's really funny to me that when we, we do this two coach Bennett's talking podcast, I'm not sure everyone realizes that maybe, maybe it's just from my side, but I'm learning so much from asking these questions. I had no idea one that you had spoken to uh, Robin McGillis and Marie about what you said about having that additional day for the parents, which is utterly brilliant. And also, I never knew that that even entered into the equation for you. I know you've talked about the importance of parents, but like now that you say it, it's so obvious because parents have for better and... I may tick off a few parents here for worse have gotten so involved in their kids' lives that it really does help to have that extra day. Like that's bananas. I didn't know that you even brought that up. I've actually brought them up it up to them multiple times 
and they're working on it. It has been heard. Um, but even in my own private practice now, when I coach high school runners, I require the parents to also have some sessions with me because I it's not just a kid issue. It's the way that parents are approaching talking to their kids. Um, so to me, it's a very valuable, really important piece to the whole equation. Yeah, I think. Well, I know that is a reality with when you're coaching. And it's just it's one of those things like, but it's just one of those moments in us talking where it's like, oh, my gosh, like that is obvious. It's essential. And it's something that that actually now needs to be a part of the curriculum. Curriculum makes it sound like really boring and really like straight laced. But I didn't I didn't know that. That's super fascinating. It also makes me think how important it is. For a, from a coaching perspective to bring in the parents, but also, you know, kind of allow the parents to be involved and also let them know that there are limitations. Like you, you're, you are a parent of someone that's on the team, but you're not on the team. I think, yeah. I mean, I, the whole, the, that's a big part of what I teach the parents is to just kind of take some steps backwards and get out of the equation a little bit more and let the kids do what they're going to do without the parents thinking they need to do more and do it faster and do it quicker and do more mileage and more intensity. A lot of times the parents have these well-meaning things and they, they have what I call 80s coaching that a lot of us grew up with where you have to do it more and more often and more intensely and more effort in order to achieve something. And so a lot of the parents are coming to the kids wanting them to do more and to do it faster. And a lot of times that's actually not what's going to help the kids. So yeah, I mean, I agree that, yeah, parents can be involved, but maybe from like farther back. Yeah, from the sidelines or the stands where they're supposed to be. So right, like that works. Yeah, and it's all. It's also, I have a lot to say about what parents say on the way, on the way home from a meet or around the dinner table after a practice. Oh, so we have we have a future episode. Yes. Can I can I do one thing real quick because you alluded to a future petty grievance and now you've alluded to a future episode. Can I just ask you what your petty grievance was and if anyone's wondering, pay attention, listen to the last episode. Dog Mountain, Tammy mentions a petty grievance without mentioning the actual petty grievance. She says, ooh, I just thought of a petty grievance, but I'm going to save that for a later date. As far as I'm concerned, this is the later date. What exactly was your petty grievance? You can give some background, but I would like to know what was the petty grievance because I went on a run and I had my guess of what I thought it was. Let's see if I'm right. Well, are we just going to finish the check-in section and skip the meat and taters and go straight to petty grievance? Or do you want to... No, this is this is different. This is just like... No, this is I... my petty grievance for today. So do you want to go to that section or no? So you don't have a second petty grievance in an entire week. You've only had one petty grievance you've come up with? Well, I knew that that's what I was going to say. So, I mean... Oh, then we'll wait. Wow. All right, well... Breathless anticipation from the crowd. Can you can you anticipate that? Like how excited everyone is to hear what it is. I'm going to say I know what it is. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So did we'll you, wait. Did you approach the coaches day and the the runner day differently when you gave your talks? Yes, I did. Um I think the coaches, I had to convince them that, at least from my perspective, and and listen, if you're a coach that's showing up at a clinic in early June for cross country, you're a, you're a kick-ass coach, okay? Like, you've got what it takes, which means you're willing to do the work, okay? So baseline, foundation, you've got what it takes, but... I I felt like my most important uh, lesson that I had to get across was you can have a ton of fun and be really, really, really successful. Which, which, you know, is, it seems like, wow, that's, that should be an easy lesson to, 
to you know come you know at least portray come across uh but it's not because most people think like if you're going to be really successful it it can't be that much fun on day 2 with the kids it wasn't i i don't i feel like i didn't have to prove that having fun led to success i had to actually do the opposite that having success was really a lot of fun like don't be afraid to actually go after success it will be a lot of fun and i feel like with the coaches it's a little bit different like don't be afraid to have a lot of fun it will lead to success so i feel like i had to flip actually the script a little bit and prove like no matter which direction you're going, you're going to end up in the same place, which is a really, really cool kick-ass place. Yeah. And for our listener, if you haven't listened to our episode titled importance of community, listen to that. Cause we talk a lot about that in that episode as well about the importance of having fun on the way to success. Yeah, And we've got a lot of coaches actually that have listened to that, that have been really cool reaching out and saying thank you for actually just saying that you can have fun and work hard or you can work hard and it can be a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. Now, can I kind of take over the meat and taters thing again? Like I did this two episodes ago and I feel like we're only a few episodes in, so I don't want to act like I'm constantly doing this, but you said something at the Wildwood Clinic that was so powerful to me as a coach, and this is what excites me. This is why I love going to clinics or paying attention to what other coaches are saying or athletes or reading a lot or you know watching movies or TV shows because there's always something that you can seize upon and say, oh, I'm going to take that. You said something that I hadn't heard before from you or from anyone else. I thought, oh, I'm going to steal that. But before I steal it, I just want to ask you about it. Is that cool? Yes. And I'm a little surprised you haven't heard it from me because I talk about it a lot, but that's okay. Yeah, I guess because it was so succinct and it was so clear and it was just like so straightforward. Like, I know this is the way you coach. I know this is the way you do it, but you summed it up in two words, which is really hard to do when you have you know, a, a lesson you're trying to give. And I think this is a great lesson. If you want to look for a great coach or a great teacher, um, they know what they're talking about. If it's not complicated for them to explain it to you and you said it in two words. And I thought, Oh damn, I've tried to do this, but it's taken 200 or 500 or 10,000 words. And your point was you're talking about taking risks trying new things, taking on challenges, approaching barriers, all of it. You can put it under one giant umbrella. And you said a great way to look at it, rather than to have the tension, the anxiety, the fear, the stress, is to just say, let's see, and then dot, dot, dot. And I thought, damn, that's such a great way of looking at it. One, how did you get to that? And two, expand upon it a little bit more for a training run, a race. Uh, maybe it's a presentation at work. Maybe it's a hard conversation with your family. Because the second you said it, I thought, oh, my goodness, this, this, could, this could be used in so many situations. Where did it come from and what do you mean? Yeah, I talk about this a lot. Um, if you've ever taken a class with me or been coached by me, you have heard me talk about this. Um, but I think it came about because so many of the people that I work with are so terrified to do something because of all the pressure that they put on themselves that they have to do it right or they have to do it well or they have to take it uh, to take advantage of the money or the time or the energy that they spent in. And it's so paralyzing. And so I just came up with this like, well, let's just see what happens. If you start the sentence with, let's see what happens if I run a different way today, or let's see what happens if I run up the hill instead of be scared of it. Um, and it, it takes the pressure off. There is no certain result that you're pressuring yourself to get. You're just seeing what happens. It's just an experiment. And then you get to see like, okay, well, if I do this, that happens. Do I like it or not? If I don't like it, maybe I'll try something different next time. 
but it just puts it back into the land of play and curiosity instead of the land of pressure. I must achieve this certain result. I'm laughing and not because I'm, I'm diminishing it. It's, it's the opposite. It's like crazy to think, well, if you just say, let's see what happens as opposed to we're going to do this because we have to make the shot. We have to win. We have to do that where you, you have no idea whether or not you're going to make the shot. You're going to win the race. This is going to work out. You're right. It really does take the pressure. Just those few little words of, well, let's just see what happens. Let's do this. And then it allows you the flexibility. And I think kind of the, the, cause you have to, the, the weird thing is, is people confuse. Like when you run your fastest, you're actually the most relaxed. Like the more tense you get, the more you slow down. And it's like the more relaxed you are to try something new or to take on a challenge or to take this risk or to say, I'm going to give everything I've got. You're probably increasing the odds that it's going to be successful on top of that. At the same time, if it's not successful, you've allowed for the possibility of, okay, I took a chance. I'm just wondering, like, is there, are there, are there situations where this came up where you realize, like, I didn't do this and I should have? Because I'm just wondering, like, this is like a click. Cause as a coach, like, you have these moments where you're like, wait, I'm focusing on the wrong thing. What brought you to this? And I know I'm putting you on the spot, but do you, do you know why you think of this the way you do? Uh, yeah, it's because I've coached people for 14 years in different capacities, and I've just seen the way that the pressure they put on themselves gets in the way. They get in their own way of just doing something. And you're never going to learn until you get out there and you try. You let's see if you can do it. And then you learn from there. You learn about what works for you, what feels good, what feels fun, what what makes sense, what feels successful. Um, so it was just something that I tried with a client. I'm like, let's see if you just start a sentence with, let's see if I can dot, dot, dot. Uh, I think one of the first people I used it with, they were procrastinating on an email. There was an email that they just absolutely did not want to send. And I'm like, well, Instead of thinking, I have to write this email, I'm so behind, I should have done it two weeks ago, this email is going to be so hard. All of these thoughts that make it not sound very fun to go to the email. I'm like, well, instead, what if you're just like, let's see what happens if I just write the first sentence of the email. Let's see what happens if I just start it. And they did. Now there's no pressure. All they're having to do is write the first sentence. And it came out a lot easier. And they wrote the email. And it was like after months of like procrastinating about this email, they got it done. They wrote me, texted me later that day. I sent the email and it was so fun. And it was just the simple act of lifting the pressure and the expectation off of what you wanted to happen and just seeing. Let's see. Let's see what happens if. I love that. And and just as a heads up to you and to anyone that's listening, the reason why I kind of hijacked the episode tonight because when Tammy said this to the girls and there were what, about 80 girls at the clinic. Yeah. A little over 80. Okay. Like that slight change changed everything. You could see suddenly they were like, wait a minute. What if I actually just look at it a little bit differently? What if I, the shading changes, the lighting changes, the whole thing just just a little bit and i just i looked around because it, i had the luxury of sitting where i could see the entire uh group of uh athletes and you and i thought oh my goodness like this is this is an actual moment where their running season career is going to change but in the bigger picture that entire idea so it was something that I, I very quickly like made a note of. I was like, wait a minute, like what's happening here, which is exciting for me, which is why I like paying attention to these things, because there's there's stuff that I just miss or I don't do or or there's upside. And I just thought I've never thought of it that way. I've never thought of positioning it that way of let's just see what happens. And it's such a fun, playful way of saying 
let's challenge ourselves. Let's take a risk. Let's try to do something we've never done before. And if you, if you actually just look at like semantics, like, wow, like the equivalents are so much more intense there, there, there's, there's so much pressure, but it's the exact same thing. So I just thought it was really, really cool. So that's why uh, I had to ask you, I was, I was not going to wait. Yeah. I just wanted to point out one more thing too, is I get a lot of inspiration from watching really young kids because I think so many of us humans are born with all the skills that we need. But when we turn into uh, school age people and middle school and college and grown ups, a lot of that freedom and curiosity that we had as, as children gets kind of stomped out. And so if you look, if you just ever look at some kids playing blocks, they are all about, let's see. Let's see how high we can go. Let's see. What if we add it over here? What if we add this? There's no fear of the tower collapsing. There's no fear of them doing it wrong. They don't even realize that there could be a air quote wrong way. They're just like, let's see if we put this on top of it. Or, you know, kids making a fort. That's another great example. Well, let's see if we put the blanket over the chair. Oh, let's see if we put a pillow on top of it. There's no fear. And so if you just get into the mindset of a kid where there are no consequences so much, then it will bring a lot of freedom to you and you'll explore things and try things that maybe you would have been scared to and you'll come out with some really cool results. That's awesome. And you're so right. Like the the blocks fall down, you just you build another one and you try to go higher. Shout out to Emily Rooney who let our kids build some epic forts. Like yeah, the house was completely torn up. And at the same time, you realize like this is an epic fort. Like they just nothing was off limits, which was super cool. So, yeah, that was a great moment. So we were at a camp. We were running (laughs) one of our day camps and Emily dropped off the kids and said, yeah, we made a fort. So you might see, you know, some things going on in the house. And I'm like, okay, great. We walked in and literally every chair or place that you could sit was all in one room. Every blanket was all in one room. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Emily. But uh, yeah, it was a great moment. And you know what's kind of cool now that you bring it up is the kids felt the freedom to do that because Emily said everything is not off limits. It's on limits. Like, just use what you want. Let's make a fort. We'll deal with it. You know, Emily obviously was like, you know, when when my time is done. I'm out of here. I'm not going to put anything back, which was a typical. Yeah, she was like, let's see if let's see if Tammy and Chris can put it all back together in yeah. one night after yeah, so being exhausted from running a day camp. Yeah, let's see. Parts, if, let's see if they like that. <laughs> two parts of the challenge. Can we build the most epic fort ever? And then can Tammy and Chris actually just put everything back together again? So, you know, or maybe she was like, let's see if Tammy and Chris get mad at me if I leave the house in this condition. And we didn't because she was a great, great babysitter. So to Emily Rooney, cheers. You're a rock star. Um, And those are some epic forts. They also, if you're not looking at them as forts, just it was the house was destroyed. But anyway, so we have to move on now. But I want to say thank you for letting me kind of hijack this and ask you where it came from, because I think it's important. I think it's a cool thing. And can I just say this? I'm going to throw this out there. This is the first invitation. Will you be my first guest on Coach Bennett's podcast? Let's do it. Sounds fun. Okay. Because And then to everyone listening to two Coach Bennett's talking, this is where you send your questions. It's the same address for two Coach Bennett's talking. Show up society podcast and Coach Bennett's podcast. So just if you have questions that you want Coach Tammy to answer on Coach Bennett's podcast, send them in because I think this would be really cool to have a moment where we can have uh, consistently Coach Tammy answering some mindset questions on Coach Bennett's podcast. Yes. Am I being greedy? Of course I am. Why wouldn't I be? But anyway, all right, what's next? We're going petty grievance. Oof. Okay, so I think you should start. I don't think we should make people wait anymore because obviously you alluded to it. What 
was your petty grievance last week that you did not actually say, but you said you're going to use next time? Yeah. My petty grievance is when people have allergies, for instance, and they refuse to take allergy medicine to relieve their symptoms. Why not just relieve your symptoms? Why not have yourself feel physically better if you can? Hmm. Now, when you say people, do you think that it's more men than women? Yes. Okay. So I, I just, I feel like there was, when I was listening to the last episode, I felt like you felt women handled this better than men. If by better, you mean making their lives better by feeling better, <laughs> by allowing help? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's it. That's fine. Okay. What's yours? <clears throat> okay. Uh, my petty grievance is, uh, and I'm going to keep this really, really short because it could be expanded into something, uh, far longer is, um, what Twitter has become just because of last weekend, there was, there was a lot of international news. And I think over the last year, you haven't been able to really rely on Twitter as a news source. I will say there's a silver lining. So my petty grievance was what Twitter has become my petty grievance, silver lining. Now, guess what? I just invented something, a silver lining to the petty grievance. I paid attention to some of the major media news sources and they, they seized the day and did a great job. So that's it. That's all I got to say. So what's next? Floating my fancy? No. Okay. We're going to open the mailbag. Okay. We got some good mail past few days we got a great question or actually a few questions but we're going to deal with one today from mm -hmm. madison from madison chandler who also sent some chapel hill toffee mm. go heels you gotta love the chapel hill like if you want to i guess skate to the front of the line then you gotta know like well obviously tammy is a carolina girl i went to carolina as a Yankee, so I mean, like you're 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 working the right uh, angle here. So, thank you for the Carolina toffee, toffee. Yes, Chapel it, Hill toffee. Is it toffee or toffee? Toffee. You've, Rhymes you've, with coffee. Toffee, not toffee. I don't know. Okay, moving on. Thank you for the thank you for the toffee or toffee. What is the question? The question is, when did you first know you wanted to be a coach? Why don't okay. you go first? All right. Now, can I just preface this by saying before we recorded, we we normally don't have a very in-depth conversation about what we're going to talk about. There's some like, you know, basics. Okay. I think we're going to go in this direction. We knew the question. And I said, I'm very interested because I don't know your answer. And you know my answer. And you said you didn't know my answer. Which is fascinating to me. So I knew I wanted to be a coach when I knew I wanted to be a teacher. And I knew I wanted to be a teacher my junior year in high school. When I was sitting in U.S. History 1. And my teacher, Mr. Matson uh was my favorite class and i just i hung on every word and everything he said i thought was fascinating and i just thought sitting at the front of your desk with his legs his legs were dangling and he just told stories and i thought we were all in rapture we were a bunch of 16 and 17 year old kids and he got us interested in history we wanted to know the stories. We wanted to know the background. We wanted to know more. And, and that right there, convincing people to actually want more, I thought, that's incredible. There was a connection with coaching and running. And I thought, 
okay, as a coach, you're basically doing the same thing. You're a teacher just in a slightly different room. It's not a classroom. It's a track. It's a trail. It's a round barn like at CBA. Um, so I was very lucky that junior year, I realized I absolutely loved and respected somebody who could grab my attention and make me want more in a classroom. And at the same time, I was getting over a whole bunch of injuries and sicknesses. And uh, I I had some coaches and some teammates who made me realize I wanted more on the track and the trails. And I realized at the same time, I wanted to coach and I wanted to teach. So it was junior year in high school. And I'll say this. There was an alumni newsletter that my high school put out and I put in a request uh, to be a writer and they allowed me to do it. And in your little bio, my junior year, it said, uh, uh, Chris wants to come back and coach and teach at CBA. And I did. I, I did do that. So I was, I guess, 16 or 17. There's my story. Yeah, I love that. I knew the basic story. I just didn't know exactly when it was. I didn't know if it was like junior year, senior year, whatever. Okay, well, now I want to know yours. When when did you know you wanted to coach? I think this is I'm super excited about this cuz I don't I do not know the answer to this. Okay. Well, I sort of fell into it before I realized it's what I wanted to do. So I'll just start with that. So I was a fitness instructor for moms who did the fitness with their kids in the strollers. It was called Stroller Strides. We met, I we did fitness classes with their kids in the stroller. So there was a lot of singing ABCs while we were like doing bicep curls. It was amazing. Uh, and then a, about a year into it, some of the moms wanted to start running. And so I'm like, well, I ran my whole life. I can get you guys to run a 5K. And so we started, um, I started the Mother Runner Track Club and I started coaching them to do their first 5K. And then I think that year or the next year was when I really, when it all clicked that I knew that I wanted to be a coach. And that's when our kids started um, running for St. Leo the Great in Lincroft, New Jersey. And I was adamant about wanting their experience in running to be a fun one. Because like we said at the beginning of this podcast episode, it's so important for longevity and the sport to have it be fun. And since I started at a really young age and there were a lot of times when it was not fun at all in a really horrible, dramatic way, so much that I burnt out uh, for a year in high school and didn't compete. I burnt out for a year in college and didn't compete. And I just was like, I never want that to happen for our kids. If they choose to run, I want them to be able to run forever and not be burnt out and not hate the sport ever. I mean, let's be for real. There's going to be days when we're like running is the dumbest sport ever because you're just your body hurts or whatever, but or you're heartbroken after maybe a tough race. But in the grand scheme of things, it was so important to me that our kids loved running if that was the sport they chose to do and they had chosen to go out for the team. And so uh, I went to the coach and I said, hey, I would love to be an assistant coach. Can I get started? And that's when it all clicked. And I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing because I know really well how to make it fun and sustainable and something that these kids really want to do forever. And that's when I was home. Yeah. I think it's crazy that it was that late because having been on a team with you and knowing you, the amount of people who would come up to you and ask for help or advice or just even a shoulder and like, you know what coaching is half, not half, more than half of coaching is listening and watching. It's not even saying anything. It's just knowing that somebody actually cares. It's fascinating to me that it actually took as long as it did for you to realize like, oh my goodness, I've not only am I meant to be a coach, but I've been a coach for way longer than I think. You know what I mean? Like you've had conversations where you stepped in and you were the deputized assistant coach or you were the deputized, you know, confidant, which is basically a coach or you deputized, you know, friend, which is part of being a coach or, you know, the guidance counselor, the priest, all of these different things that a coach is. It's interesting that you had to go through so many different things to realize like, yeah, this is, 
what I'm supposed to do when you had been doing it for so long. Well, you know, what's really interesting is I did see myself as a coach with the sort of mindset part, the part where the girls on the team would ask me to go to dinner and just pump me full of questions like, can you help us with this? I'm struggling with this. But I didn't trust myself to do the workout part, which is actually, I think, the least important part. But I remember when I started coaching, I was like, I don't know what to do for a workout. I don't know what we should do. And I didn't trust that part of me. So I didn't think of myself as a coach until, well, just because I didn't have that confidence in the actual like workout part of it. And that I just learned by doing it. That I just learned by like, let's see if these kids want to run a mile today and let's see how it goes. And I learned really quickly from, like you said, listening and observing and talking and asking. I learned really quickly what worked and what didn't work. So that part was actually really easy to figure out, the workout part. Um, I just had to trust that I was figuring it out. Yeah, I would like I I like I have to kind of laugh at some of this just because I remember coming home and asking you, like, is this the right workout to do? Or should we push in this area or should we, you know, should the volume go up or should the speed, you know, go up? Like, all, I, I, I asked you all of these questions consistently and the teams I were coaching were uh, like, well, I mean, completely dominant. And they were they were incredible. And I was going to you and asking you, I just find it funny that the one thing that you were hesitant about is really the one thing I was going to you about consistently when I was coaching uh, at CBA and they were having such crazy success. Cause I would come home and be like, I don't know, like, should we do this workout or am I being too greedy and all of this? And we would have these conversations like, okay, you know, that makes sense. It's just funny that the one area that you felt you were maybe weakest was the one that I was going to you because I was like, I need your insight about. And it worked, by the way. So thank you. Well, yeah. I mean, you always came up with the workouts. I just basically said, yeah, that's great. <laughs> no, I came up with workouts. So there yeah. were multiple workouts. I just didn't know which workout to do, which is like super important. Like yeah. there's always a lot of different workouts you can do to achieve a goal. It's just which one is actually the best one to do right now? Like, it's really hot. Well, there's 10 different workouts you can do. Which is the best one to do when it's really hot? It's a different workout than when it's really cool or the team just came off a big race. And big race can mean a different whole bunch of different things, like emotionally big race or just physically big race. So I, ju I just find it funny because, like, the... The areas that I'm like, oh, she's locked in. It's not even a big deal. You're thinking, I, I need a little bit more confidence. Where it's like, no, those are the areas you you need no more confidence. So enough of complimenting you. We're done with that. We can do that next week. What's next? Is it literally what's next, or is it floating our fancy? What what is? It's floating our fancy. Floating our fancy. I knew it. Okay, there we go. Okay. You start. What's floating your fancy, coach? All right. What's floating my fancy is a product you can use for running. Now that it's hot in a lot of places in the world and there's some humidity and there's some sweating, there can also be some chafing. I sound like an ad right now. This is not an ad oh, or sponsored in any way. But if they wanted to send me like stuff, I would take if they wanted to send me some stuff, I would take it. But it is squirrels nut butter. So yes. Part of the reason I love it so much is the name. Oh obviously. my God, are you holding it right now? I am holding it. I'm pretending I'm on an ad. We're literally like, <laughs> you do know that we don't have the video thing yet. So like- You wish you did. You oh wish my you did. gosh. Where did you find it? Because you were looking for this the other night. I know. And I found it. Wow. So it's Squirrel's Nut Butter. It's all natural anti-chafe salve. It smells delicious. It has a cool ass name and it works better than any other product I've tried. It's so good. So I'm loving it. Okay. Wow. Jeez. You came prepared. Overly prepared because no one's watching this. 
What's floating your fancy? <clears throat> I can't hold it up. Uh, state and local parks. Can I just tell you why? Great. Please okay. do. So when we were in Naperville for the Wildwood PDX conference, obviously, which you spoke about at the beginning, um, we came across a trail system, unbelievably soft trails, totally gorgeous. Everything was amazing. And I thought somebody had to get this okayed. Somebody had to get this built. Somebody has to make sure that this is kept up. It's amazing. And I'm only here visiting. This is terrific. If I lived here, I would come here all the time. Number one. Number two, Tammy and I today, okay, granted, you're listening to this tomorrow, but today we went to Tryon State Park, which is what, about 5K from us? And it's got a really uh, complicated in a good way trail system in there but i was noticing that there were a few parts where like oh this is a little overgrown and a few parts where i'm like oh they actually somebody went out and cut the weeds to make sure that the trail was not just accessible but it was really nice to run on and i thought you know we show up at these parks local parks and state parks and we take them for granted and I had such a nice time at Tryon State Park. So cheers to the uh, state forest rangers and everyone who who keeps these parks going. And if you're wondering how to uh, help or support the sport, an easy way is actually to support state and local parks. So my what's floating my fancy right now are state and local parks. That's it. Love it. And I feel like we forgot to mention... Uh, for people to send us their questions. You mentioned the mailbag, the same mailbag, yeah. but just, yeah, make sure you're sending us questions to answer on podcast, not just the one that I'm on with you. We can just delete this part out since we already said it. Why would we delete it out? Mm. I say, say it again. In fact, say it one more time. What? Why do we want people to send stuff to the mailbag? Because we love answering questions. And there's a couple of shows, right? What are the three shows they can send to the same address questions. Okay. So we have on Tuesdays, we have yes. two coach Bennett's talking, which is Woo! the podcast you're listening to right now. Yep. On Wednesday, we have my podcast, the show up society podcast. That is the mother of all podcasts. Cause without that, none of these other ones would exist. And then Thursday we have coach Bennett's podcast, meaning the, the Mr. Coach Bennett. <laughs> Yes, yes. The lesser Coach Bennett. Yes. No. Mr. Slash Lesser. There we go. Yes, but it's all the same address, right? All the same address. It's in the show notes, which is basically in the description, depending on what podcast player you use. But the show notes are basically just the description of this episode. You mm -hmm. will see our address. You can send some mail and any kind of goodies you want to send. We like getting, you know, books, stickers, letters. We've gotten some really nice, thoughtful letters. Uh, which we always appreciate. Yeah, which we'll probably touch upon on the next episode. And we also have gotten an overwhelming amount of candy. And I think that's because you have stressed candy. Which is why I didn't bring up candy on this one. I'm like okay. trying to take a little step back here. Do you want to stress something else? Mm. I don't know. Not vegetables. Don't send vegetables. <laughs> because, God, no. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. It's just, no. it's weird. They you don't send last. Us, you could send us some hot sauce because we, yes, we like hot sauce, spicy things. Yes. We love hot send sauce. Send us some local hot sauce, local to where you are. That's a great idea. And and on top of that, one thing we could do, which I'm not going to promise, but I just brought it up. So it seems like a promise. We could taste test it and let you know how hot we think it is or how delicious it is. Or we could do a video. We could just kind of copy hot ones. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just while we're recording the podcast, we can have the Ooh. hot sauce that you send us. I was thinking separate, but yeah. Well, if we why ever not actually... combine both? Yeah. Well, maybe we should video the podcast because you're holding up squirrel nut zippers or whatever it's called. That's a band. Very different. Yes. Okay. Squirrel nut. So this butter. is this is what I say. How about when we get. Should we say seven or 10 hot sauces in the mail? 
from different people. They have to yes. be different, right? Yes. Then we will record a video episode where we are eating the hot sauce while we record the episode and we'll we'll have it on video. I love that. That's a great idea. Okay. So if you want to be a part of it, listener, you got to send us the sauce. Okay. Send us the sauce. For the record, let me just say this now. This was supposed to be a 30-minute episode because I have to edit it. I, I can't see how long it is because you're the one recording it. Long this as is, hell. This is not a 30-minute episode, is it? Unless you do it times two. Are you for real? Pretty much. We have one question to go. What's okay. next? I don't know. What is next? I'll tell you what's next for me editing this podcast <laughs> what's what's next for you this is so funny i just had to point out this is like what happens in the evolution of a podcaster is you start out going oh we're gonna record episodes ahead of time or we're gonna record one or two at a time so we're ahead and then what are we like 10 episodes in no episodes we're not in? 10 episodes in what we're are we foreign and you never told me this part you just said it was gonna be you hard. saw it happen you saw it happen where then all of a sudden it's like 11 o'clock at night, the night before your podcast comes out and you're still recording and editing. This happens to me so many times. Yeah, but you're an, This but, is just what happens. But you're a badass. I'm I'm like JVU. Like you you needed to tell me like yes, what I do, you probably can't do. You're really really good at stuff. I just I'm married to Mrs. Good at stuff. Like I will play Tune Blast next to you on the bed while you're editing i'll give you support moral well, emotional support by ignoring me and playing a game okay yes it's awesome this is okay so, so fun. anything else next for you um well i was just gonna say i thought what you were going to say what else is next for you not only will you be editing this podcast but you will be recording your personal podcast coach bennett's podcast so I thought this would be a great time to mention that it is the number one running podcast in the world. It's kind of badass. Super cool. But there, I will say this. I'm going to bounce it back to you and then we're going to cut this off. Like there is no Coach Bennett's podcast unless there is a Show Up Society podcast and then a two Coach Bennett's podcast because I absolutely could not have done it if you hadn't done. What, what number of podcasts do you want with Show Up Society? 180 something. If you hadn't done 170 something, I would not have done it. So thank you. I think that's a cool way of ending this episode. We're just going to skip over what's next for me or. I think it's a cool way of ending the episode after you tell me what's next for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you could have done your podcast. It would just maybe it would have taken longer. No, it just wouldn't have been as good and it would have been as successful and it wouldn't have been. It, 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 well, one, it just wouldn't have happened. It, I wouldn't have done it. Mm. What's up with you? Tell us. Okay. Two cool things. One is tomorrow with my clients, I am leading a visualization exercise, which I have done many times in the past mm -hmm. for high school groups or groups that I've taught. I did it all the way back in like 2013 or 14 at Bennett camp. I had them do a visualization of their yes, goal. It was hugely so we'll successful. So cool. Like it's a really big hit with people. So what happens is we'll meet on the zoom room. I will give them prompts for a solid hour of helping them imagine their goal being accomplished and all the things that goes with it. So then it just becomes really real in their minds, what their goal is and them achieving it. And it's just really fun. So I'm super looking forward to that. And then I'm going to visit my mother and my siblings uh, at the end of this week. And I'm looking forward to that because it's been quite a while, almost two years. Has it been that long since you've been back in North Carolina? It's been that long. Wow. I'm sure the weather's fantastic. Late June, North Carolina. Oh, the heat and the humidity. Perfection. That was sarcasm. Yeah, if you like heat and humidity, it's the perfect place to go in July or June. It is. I will say this. Your mom's place, there's a few spots in her yard that actually are perfection. There's something about the heat and the humidity in North Carolina. It's different in the South. And your mom has these awesome gardens. Like, oh, there, there are some really, really nice spots. So hunt those down. Because that's that's just about perfection for North Carolina. Late spring, early summer, 
when you're getting the heat and the humidity, woo, there is some okay. joy there. Now we can call it a day or a night. Oh, it's definitely the night. It's definitely the night. It may bleed into the day, but thank you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone for rating the show. By the way, we're paying attention. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing the show and subscribing to the show. Right, Tam? Right? Yeah. Thank you for all that. Thank you for sending us letters in the mail, too. Oh, goodness. It actually does mean It always a lot. comes back to the mailbag. It really is all about the mailbag. So thank you for writing to us. Thank you, um, yeah, for listening. And until next time. See you next listen, week. This is why, by the way, we need to do this on video or YouTube or whatever, because there were some some dance moves that Tammy just threw in there that everyone's well, missing out on. I feel like. Just imagine walk like an Egyptian video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But lower budget than the video. And the video was hey. really super low budget, like crazy low budget. Okay, we're doing that thing budget. where we say goodbye and then we hang out for a long time. So Can I throw let's... one more thing in there, which is cool about them? I know you don't want me to, but um, the Bengals were super supported by Prince. Prince was a big fan of the Bengals. So if you like Prince and you thought, like, I don't need to listen to the Bengals, you do. All right, on that note, thank you so much for listening. Rock and roll. Thanks, Tam. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for hanging out with us today. We hope you subscribe if you haven't already, and we'd love for you to give us a good rating. Remember, you can send your questions into our mailbag at the address found in the show notes. If you want to connect with us further, be sure to check out Coach Chris Bennett on Instagram at Coach Bennett, two N's, two T's. Or go to Coach Tammy Bennett's Instagram at Show Up Society. You can also hear more Tammy on the Show Up Society podcast. 